Lord. Um, and then uh, just uh, Nick mentioned Love Somalia. We have an event this week on Thursday, I believe it is, that is a follow-up to Love Somalia. So Feed My Starving Children will be back. Araha will be here. A couple of other Somali community leaders will be here. And uh, so that particular evening, I think we start at 6 or 6.30, um, we'll be um, just doing some follow-up for Love Somalia and, uh, and hearing some reports and just getting to interact with the community again. So uh, please be a part of that as well. Praise the Lord. Let's talk about Galatians and Ephesians. And uh, so you have your Bibles open up. And as you've read through there, uh, uh, whether it's been this week or remembering uh, other times that you've read through, what are some things that you've observed, some questions that you may have? Um, just what is the Spirit saying as you read through these particular books? Nick? With Galatians, it was funny. My first reaction was like, you know, in sports they have players, coaches, and then like disciplinarians. And, and as we've gone from 1st, 2nd, 3rd John to John and then to Galatians, I'm like, Paul's not a player's coach, you know, like, he, you know, are you so foolish? And he's, just, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's a lot more disciplinarian in his letter than, uh, yeah. than what John, you know, John was in his, where he's much more encouraging and much more yep. uh, uplifting. And yeah, there's a, there's a, and there's a marked difference between how Paul starts almost every other letter and this one. How come? Get, get the mic there impressed with the <laughs> I read it and read it and read it but this time I, I thought my goodness Paul is really direct <laughs> yeah he's not a happy camper <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 and yeah it's so different from his other writings uh-huh and but he's 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 pushing the point home yeah pretty hard yeah yeah it's almost like he starts this is Paul dear idiots <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> How come? Why? Why is he so upset? Rick? They have turned to legalism. They have turned to the law and not the grace of God and the spirit of God. Okay. In and what ways? How, how do we see that in, in Galatians? What's playing out here? That, that's good stuff. Well, I think first and foremost in chapter 2, he has to encourage them to listen to him as an apostle. Yeah. Because yeah. they're ignoring him. Mm -hmm. And that kind of irks him. It would work any it would irk any preacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes to the point of saying, You think Peter is great? Mm -hmm. I opposed Peter because mm -hmm. he was a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I mean He's not a happy camper, right? Because yeah. they have turned to a legalism instead of grace of God. Mm -hmm. So what's what's part of the what is part of the legalism that they're turning to? What what what's happening among the Galatian church here or the churches here? When we when they're turning to legalism or turning to the law, what's going on, Missy? Let get the mic for you. Yeah. So it's almost as if they're um, the sentiment is. Jesus is great, and we're really glad that we've got him. Mm -hmm. But just in case we don't have it all covered, we're going to also <laughs> add to it mm -hmm. um, the religion. Uh -huh. So it would be almost like saying, you know, this, this grace is great, but it's not just in case. 
Jesus is great, but just in case. Mm-hmm. And so then they put in circumcision right. because we don't want to miss something. Um, so I think that it can be applied back to our religious activities as well. Yeah. Good. Ida? And doesn't turning back to the law for circumcision, doesn't that negate what Christ has done for them? Paul, Paul is getting on them about that. Yeah. You, you know, you've made, you've made this gospel nothing. He's really, he's really drilling down on that, and uh, and he is uh, now again. The realization here is, is this is still an early struggle in the church. Okay, this is one of the first letters in the New Testament. Okay, in the in that in that era. So this whole thing of what is the gospel is still being fleshed out. It's still being worked out. Okay. So it's it is new, uh, but it's it's still that challenge. So um, with with uh, Paul coming, one of the things that they have to continually work on is this whole issue of um, up until you go back to the book of Acts up until Acts chapter 10. It's a Jewish church. okay? it's it's a total shock to them that gentiles can be saved okay how times have changed huh (laughs) you know (laughs) here's a bunch of jewish believers thinking wow i didn't know gentiles could be saved and today we're like we're a bunch of gentiles going i didn't know jews could be saved you know we we thought that was after the rapture or something you know it's like (laughs) you know it's like i mean it's just shocking you know god can do this wow you know but up until that point it's a difficult thing now but that still leads to problems because that's not necessarily good news to to a certain group within all of this happening. And these are these are people who still say, no, 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 uh, you still have to come through the law. Um, so, yeah, Jesus does that work. But that culmination of that work is seen in you are going to embrace Judaism. Now, these are called these are this is a group called the Judaizers. OK. They, they want you to to embrace certain aspects of Jewish practice, okay, to kind of put that final stamp of approval on it, and on, on, on the work of Christ. So there is this, there is this sense of, um, you know, you, you, you know, like Missy was saying, yep, good, good thing. Let, now let's finish it up, you know, and they, and they've, they've added to it. So. And, and Paul is just really not happy about that, okay? Uh, and, uh, but it's still early in the church. Um, this is probably early 50s, mid-50s A.D., so um, you're, you're, you know, we think a church that's been around for 20 years is an old church. <laughs> We're talking about everything's about 20 years old here. So <laughs> this is... This is brand new, okay? And working this out is a real battle. Jake? I had a question from um, chapter 5. In verse 2, it says, um, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value at all to you. And the question that came to me was, a lot of times we'll say, 
the Holy Spirit needs to convict someone of sin. You can't kind of force it. It has to be the Spirit's work. This seems very kind of in your face and um, oppressive is not the right word, but mm-hmm. trying to force his beliefs on someone. Mm-hmm. Wh- where do we find that balance today? Like if if we really feel like something's very strongly, you know, working against someone's life as a Christian, mm-hmm. where, you know, I, I know there's never a hard and fast rule, but right, I yeah. imagine that there's times where we just wait and we pray, pray and, and for the spirit, but then there seems to me at least some occasion that Paul's taken here that you got to say something. Yeah. So just wondering if you can and walk it's pretty, that And it's pretty straight on. Uh, and I think here it's the point of they have made that such an issue that um, he really is fearful that um, they're going to detract from what the gospel is all about. And so he really is extremely pointed to say, if you're doing this step, and that is a step that you're doing simply to say you are really, really, really saved, you know, then that does you nothing. Because that is not, that's not the whole, it's the cross of Christ, it's the work, it's not circumcision, it's not dietary laws, it's, it's Christ, you know. And I, I really think that there, there can be times where um, you just really have to step up now um i think um and uh, well the big one (laughs) of course 500 years ago protestant reformation but since then it's been we've been so fractured within the body of christ i think it's hard to point to a time where something did need to need to be said and um and it was so obvious of course paul says it and not everybody agrees with him either right you know that I think that there's there are certainly times that we find where we've just really um, gone off the rails in a, in some way and and just really needed a call to bring it back to the simplicity of the gospel, but then somebody else you know some uh, some someone else influential stand up and say well you know you're just kind of overblowing this and stuff but but there are times I think where you you're just watching something happen. Um, where you go, that is that is not the gospel. You are you're not pursuing the gospel anymore, and it and it needs to be said. Um, and uh, but in the last five hundred years, I can't think of anything. That uh, we, <laughs> I mean, I can think of some things, but then it, 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 even if I mention it, we'd have disagreements. You know, uh, of of particular things where you just go, wow, well, we just need this return to the simplicity of the gospel um, we've overblown the this this stuff over here and we're not chasing we're not after Jesus anymore and uh, and uh, it's just really hard but I think there are times you you really do have to be that bold and and say look this this has to stop and it has to stop here you know and um, again we're not very good at it but uh, but I think there are times where it just there's something that works in your spirit that goes, this is not what he this is not what Christ intended. Nick. Where we mess it up is it seems like we we hold, you know, we've talked about this where we hold the world to the standard of the church 
you know, and so we, you know, we try to convict the world when the <laughs> world, you know, you know, and, and so like Paul's writing to the church here, and so he's, you know, be me coming to Jake and trying to, in love, you know, right. um, point something out as it doesn't happen. No, Jake, Jake needs that me. a lot. Yeah, but Jake's uh, a Marine. He, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, but I think that's <laughs> one of the things because again, like I, it, I'm I'm so, um, it's interesting to me when I read letters like this that that's what I do. Like I was just going a little bit further down from five, and and it's another spot where t- Paul talks about here's the works of the flesh. It's sexual immorality, yeah. blah, 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 and 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 he talks about you know um, you know um, those who do this or continue in this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right. And like I get stuck on those things. And, I mean, I've shared this on Wednesday nights, just uh, my faith journey early on is not that I was taught works, but very much a kind of a moral Christianity, you know, type of thing. That that what's emphasized is my behaviors and what I do. And so then I read something like this. It's just it's very comfortable for me yeah. to go, okay, my, my, my faith is, is here. Like uh-huh. how closely am I following those things going back to, you know, uh, the law as opposed yeah. to, you know, and um, I don't know, now I'm just rambling, but uh, <laughs> my, my initial thought was just the, the idea of church versus not church. And right, yeah, and we, we tend like to, we tend to impose that more on, on the world instead of within the body. But let's be clear, you know, let's be really clear. Legalism is great, okay, because you can clearly identify who's in and who's out, all right? And let's also be clear. I mean, I grew up, <laughs> you know, I I got legalism stories out. I mean, just down my sleeve here. I mean, it's just like I can tell you stories all day long of great legalism stories, you know, about you know, how someone was dressed or how they looked or, you know, did this or did that. But uh, also, and I challenge my North Central students this way, also be clear, we still have legalism. I mean, where you eat a chicken sandwich is a statement of faith these days. And it's just like, get over yourselves. You know, it, it, you know where you buy your coffee outside of community grounds, uh, of course. But, uh, you know, which you should only buy it here, of course. But, uh, it, but if you love Jesus, you will buy it here, you know. But it's just those, th- we have, you know, where you, the, the kinds of clothes that you wear, where you buy them. All of those things, those are statements to say, I know you're in and I, or I know you're out. Okay? It's just subtle. It's just a Minnesota nice kind of way of doing it. But you, you're marking them. You know, you are going, oh, yep, mm, 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 yep, mm, mm, yep. I can hang around them or I cannot hang around them. You know? How you vote. You know, your stance on the referendum or the apartments or anything. You know, it's, oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it's just uh, it's just a legalism is comforting. Okay, yep. Oh, Tanya. Even in the way we celebrate certain holidays, and I'll use Christmas as an example. You know, I have some very legalistic friends. So oh, if you have a tree, Christmas tree, 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 and you have certain symbols. 
you're going to hell. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like it's interesting how we wrap so much up into that, you mm-hmm. know, where we we can't really just look at it for the simplicity of what it is or right. using something even like Halloween to kind of redeem. Right. right? For, for the Lord's purpose rather right. than being so, oh, my gosh, we don't even have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at how we can use it for God's purpose. Right. Yeah. It, so don't you know, don't be mistaken. Legalism is very, very comforting. And uh, and it's it's te- it's a temptation we will all go through um, in one way or another. Somebody else. OK, Ellie. Uh, when you were talking about that and how we mark people, I was just thinking of a book that I remember reading about when I was younger. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like um, they had a whole bunch and it was like these little puppets. And what <laughs> they would do is you would get a gold star sticker if they did something you liked, if they liked, but uh-huh. you'd get a little circle if you did, if they did something you didn't like. Uh-huh. And I remember there was, a, and it's, it's a Christian book and there is, and so all of their creators live in this one huge house. And so this guy had all these like little circles on him. Nobody really liked him. He did everything wrong. And mm. then he meets this girl who has no markings on her. Like every time he'd put a star on her, it'd fall off. Every time he put a circle on her, it'd fall off. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, she started talking about the creator, Eli, and it's supposed to represent God. Mm-hmm. And so they go up to the house, and God tells uh, and God is starting to tell him about, uh, you can you can decide if you want those things to stay on you, if you're going to let other people decide, or if you're going to let me decide. So mm. part wow. of the legalism there is, like, you could pay attention to what other people are doing or saying. You could, like, right. somebody, like, somebody's telling you you're doing the, like, you're wearing the wrong clothes or something like that. But really, it's like, God doesn't really care, like, yeah. what all those things. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Liz? Um, like, so, like, M- like MYC, uh-huh. the third service, it talked about, like, who told you to, like, think that way, and who told you to accept what other people think of you. Right. Ooh, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, those are the, those are the things that we, we do struggle with, and, um, and whether, you know, with, with a particular issue as, as deep at theologically as it is with the Galatians or it is with us, um, you know, in, in our, in our culture, you know, I, I mean, if, if we, let me be clear about this. If, if we're not careful, um, we'll form our worship circles around, um, cultural issues rather than who Jesus is, you know, and, and that's one of those things that we have to be extremely careful about is that we can, in Christ, still discuss things, okay, and have disagreements on particular things culturally, but in Christ, we come to the same table to worship the same Christ, you know. But if we want to create our own echo chambers, we c- it's easy to do, okay, around, you know, our particular philosophy and we'll tie it in culturally, and we'll call it theology, and it's not. It's cultural. And uh, and it's really hard to cut through that right now, and we're having a, a very difficult time in American Christianity of getting that done. And uh, and so uh, it's, it's a comforting thing to have people who just, you know, kind of nod with you uh, and, and agree, you know, and agree with you. And it's it's a difficult thing to walk through and, and to and – to 
in all of it say, where's Christ in all of this? You know, how do we find our way in Christ? And it's a so Paul's early on in that in that mess. Uh, anything. Uh, so let's think. Let's ask real quick. Anything about Ephesians uh, that would uh, stand out to you as well? Also, on the U version in the app, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, I have the notes and some, and some discussion questions and points as well. Got somebody else? Oh, Sheila? Okay. We'll get the mic back to you, Sheila. When I was reading Ephesians, I noticed that wherever I am, whatever church I'm in, I'm in the body of Christ. Ah, that's good. I like that. Praise the Lord. Ephesians is uh, sometimes we uh, uh, skip the first three chapters because it's all one long sentence. Uh, it, and in Greek, it is all almost all one long sentence. These are great sentences. Um, and we get to the how to because chapter four on. Uh, but one of the things that I think we miss if we if we do it that way, this is one of the great statements. This is one of the great letters that deals with the power of the church, the body of Christ. Um, and I think we skip over that, and, and we don't realize the, the power that Christ has gifted to the church, not just individuals, to the church. And uh, this is a great book on the theology of the church. Any other uh, questions or things? Ida, observations. I love Paul's prayers in Ephesians. Yes, yes. And, and Shirley, I, I agree with you. We miss the fact that we have the power. The power resides in us. The power that raised Christ from the dead. Yep. Right, resides in us. Yep. And the beautiful thing about Ephesians is, is as hard driving as Paul was in Galatians, he's a whole lot easier to read in Ephesians. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a lot gentler, you know. Uh, but Ephesians is probably a later letter as well. So, um, so got some years on him. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, a little more wisdom. A little more wisdom. Um, I want to leave you uh, with a, a couple of takeaways. So three takeaways from Galatians and three takeaways from Ephesians um, as well. Uh, in Galatians, um, one of the things that I, I, I've just, in Scott McKnight, who's a, a New Testament scholar, uh, some of the reading I was doing out of his work uh, kind of pointed this out to me. P it, one is Paul sees another gospel at work. This just isn't simply works versus grace. Sometimes we can make Galatians that that it's oh you're trying to work your way in Paul sees something deeper I think deeper going on and Scott McKnight is the one that helped me uh, see that kind of pulled it out because it it's it's not just you know here's the grace of Jesus Christ now add this in and then you'll really be saved it's it's the particulars what McKnight points out is the particulars it's circumcision and it's dietary laws and that's that's a bit more that's more to a nationalistic calling, which, which is to be Jewish, uh, than to simply add on, well, how long is your hair, or are you wearing long sleeves, or are you wearing makeup or not, or something like that. There's a, there's a nationalism. Now, and that's a, that's, a, that's a tough thing for the church in general, and that's to watch out for, is we, bec we can become too nationalistic. One of the, one of the great downsides uh, to uh, orthodoxy, Eastern orthodoxy, uh, is that 
uh, it can become so ingrained in ethnicity and ethnic identity, it becomes a Romanian Orthodox Church or a Russian Orthodox Church or a Greek Orthodox Church. Like, and it's, it's tied up into the identity of who you are nationally. And, and, and what, what they're dealing with, in the, with Paul with the Galatians is the religious system that has Christianity, but it's tying in certain aspects of the Mosaic law that is uh, trying to get a total commitment to Israel's law, and the climax of your conversion to Christ is you become part of Israel, okay? And, um, and so there was that deeper commitment to the law that was a subversion Paul is saying to the adequacy of God Christ's work, and there's this abandonment of the work of the Spirit, and uh, and as he walks through in chapter five, keep in step with the Spirit. You know, this is the fruit that comes out when you're in step with the Spirit. This is what you look for. You know, and 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 let that let that be the the draw. The second thing is um, the faith of Christ is everything to Paul. Uh, we so often talk about our faith, but what Paul points out is the faith of Christ or the faithfulness of Christ. It is Christ doing the work, and we need to be better at taking ourselves out of the story and centering on what Christ is doing. Um, the crucified life is Paul's central theme. In chapter 2, verse 20, uh, verse uh, we can all be familiar with, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, the more descriptions I read in the New Testament as I study the New Testament with Paul, he writes one of the, obviously one of the great um, treatises in 1 Corinthians 15 on the resurrection, the power of the resurrection. But whenever Paul identifies himself, it's the cross. It's, it blows me away. I'm like, he knows there's a resurrection. You know, he wrote about it. But when he when he wants to be identified at how he wants to be known, it's Christ and him crucified. And I, I just that's something that's just kind of been a, a journey I've been on. Um, so and then the third thing is freedom is delivered by the Holy Spirit. And then there again in chapter five, verse 16 and following. It is key uh, to understand the work of the power of the spirit in our lives. When we are in step with the Spirit, or as John would say, when we abide, we aren't taken up with what not to do. We are taken up with what to do. And that's keeping in step with the Spirit. So let me give you three takeaways from Ephesians as well. And you all, you've hit on these so, so well, real, even real quick. One is, is we need to soak in the lavishness of God's grace. Don't read and reread and reread and reread the first three chapters before you go to chapter four and just soak in. I mean, just some of the phrases I pulled out in the first couple of chapters for he chose us in him to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in him. We were chosen to the praise of his glory. And then again, to the praise of his glory talks about his great love for us and God who is rich in mercy. And, and it is good just to allow those three chapters to go through us and let, let his rich and glorious grace wash over us. Understand who we are. 
the, the easiest way to break down Ephesians is in two sections. The first three chapters, the, in two questions. The first question in, is chapters one through three. Who in heaven's name do you think you are? Because God will tell you who you are, and it's magnificent. Who in heaven's name do you think you are? And the second question is in four through six. What on earth are you going to do about it? Who in heaven's name do you think you are? And what on earth are you going to do about it? And that unlocks Ephesians. Um, so let that, let the, so stay in one through three for a while and allow the who you are part to soak in. Second thing we heard, pray the prayers of Paul. Pray them over yourself. Pray them over your, your family. Pray them over other people. Pray the prayers of Paul. I mean, just, it's, they're magnificent in Ephesians. And just pull those out and pray them over people. And the third thing, reach uh, for maturity in faith. Reach for the maturity of faith, okay? Don't settle for being spoon-fed. Don't take things in small bites. We are digging deep all the way through the New Testament because we need to take in the whole story. And that's why we, I want you to read every week the whole book. You know, so next week, I really want you to read through as much as you can of 1 and 2 Timothy and, and Titus. You know, because you, it's why we want you to go through all of this. It's, it's, we are called to maturity, and you, you read through Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, so that you're not tossed around all the time. Well, you hear something, you go, oh, that sounds good. And then you hear something else, well, that sounds good, too. And then you hear something else, well, that sounds good. And then you hear something else, well, that sounds good, too. You know, you're like, over here and over there. And, you know, you're just kind of letting things, you know, just kind of carry you around rather than who am I in Christ? I'm called to grow up. I'm called to being moved from just being spoon-fed by someone else. So the walk of maturity is as we move from being spoon-fed to understand how we can feed ourselves to teaching others to feed themselves. That's the walk of maturity. How do we walk that out? Okay, so those are some things I just want to leave with you as, as takeaways as we walk through uh, these two books. So, and what such great discussion. We're going to come to the table of the Lord this morning. And uh, rejoice in who he is and allow at the table of the Lord his lavish love to be poured out on us. And so as we partake today, that you would just allow his great love, his his work, his crucified work uh, to, to have its fullness uh, in us. And so we come to the table again as part of who we are as believers in Christ. So we remember the night in which he was betrayed. Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he blessed it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, which is given to you for the remission of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? Rick's going to be up here with the table of the Lord. And then as we enter into worship, if you could be dismissed by row.
And uh, as you uh, come get, uh, to gather the symbols and then take them back to your seats, partake as you are ready. Enter into worship. Enter into worship in song. Enter into worship in prayer. But let the lavishness of his great love just sweep over you again. Let's pray. Lord, your love is great. Lord, as we come to the table today, I pray that we may understand what is the height and the depth and the breadth and the length of your great love for us. Your love is magnificent. And you have lavished your great grace. While we were dead in our sins, you breathed life. So, Lord, we come to this table. And, Lord, I pray, let us be blown away again and again and again by your incredible love. Lord, that we would, we would partake of this bread and this cup and we would be swept away by your great love. And that we would walk out of this place with the determination of Ephesians 4.1, walk worthy. We want to walk worthy. We desire to walk worthy. Because you have done so much for us. So Lord, restore us, renew us, give us new power as we come to this table. Holy Spirit, come to this table and empower your saints with these gifts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. As you are ready, if you would be dismissed row by row, please come and be served. These are the gifts of God for the people of God.
mount you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me stand with me as we dismiss in prayer. I want to give time again that if you would like uh, extended prayer uh, or someone to pray with you, we'd love to do that. So as, after we dismiss in prayer, if you could, if you uh, absolutely want conversation, that's fine. If we could just take it into the next room, that'd be great to help people with prayer and extended worship. And we want to offer that. Uh, and then again, as a reminder, next week, uh, 1030 after the, so after this service, we will have a, uh, church family meeting just to update you on where we are with the progress of securing financing for the coffee shop and the way forward that we're working on as a plan and uh, just keep everybody updated on that let's pray lord your love is great lord again i was reminded that we, it, today is a, is a prayer for the the persecuted church and lord around the world people are meeting in places that uh, just by meeting, they mark themselves. And so, Lord, I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world in places like the Sudan and Iran and China, some places in Turkey, Lord, through other places across North Africa where they lay their lives on the line just by simply calling on the name of Jesus. Lord, these are heroes. These are amazing people who have heard your, your message. They are bathed in your lavish love. Your reckless love has pursued them. And they have responded. And they have responded in incredibly difficult circumstances. So we lift up our brothers and sisters today. May we learn from them to serve you with abandon. Lord, I pray that as we go out today, we would go out in the power of the Spirit to love you, to love others. Lord, that you are equipping us for everything that we have in front of us this week. Nothing will catch you by surprise. So, Lord, we walk out in boldness knowing that you've equipped us and you've made us ready. And we're ready to go out loving you and loving our neighbor. Lord, we ask that you would send us in this power. In your great name. Amen. Amen.
Lord bless you. Again, if you have a need for prayer, we'd love to pray with you. If you want to move off to conversation and giving, if you would do that, we'd appreciate it. The Lord bless you.